0: Chapter 11, The Reception of the Messages Messages of Encouragement, Warning, and Reproof For half a century I have been the Lord's messenger, and as long as my life shall last, I shall continue to bear the messages that God gives me for his people. I take no glory to myself. In my youth the Lord made me his messenger to communicate to his people Testimonies of encouragement, warning, and reproof. For sixty years I have been in communication with heavenly messengers and have been constantly learning in reference to divine things and in reference to the way in which God is constantly working to bring souls from the error of their ways to the light in God's light. Letter 86, 1906. Some receive, some reject. I have a work to do for those who will be helped, even if the light given does not harmonize with their ideas. They will recognize the light from God because they have the fruits of the work which the Lord has been pleased to do through His humble instrument in the last 45 years. They acknowledge this work to be of God and are therefore willing to be corrected in their ideas and to change their course of action but those who will maintain and retain their own ideas and because they are corrected conclude that Sister White is influenced to take a certain course of action which is not in harmony with their ideas could not be benefited I would not consider such friends to be of any value in a hard place especially in a crisis now you have my mind I do not want to do the work of God in a bungling manner I want to know what duty is And move in harmony with the Spirit of God. Letter 3, 1889. Ellen White's Letter, A Message from God. You ask if the Lord gave me that letter to give you. I say he did. The Holy God of Israel will not serve with your sins. That message was given of God. If you have had, since that message was given, a new sense of what constitutes sin, If you have become truly converted, a child of God in place of being a transgressor of his law, then there is no one who will be more pleased than myself. Letter 95, 1893. Truthfulness of Testimonies Publicly Acknowledged. I spoke to the people in Bloomfield, California, in the forenoon in regard to the necessity of having the defects in their characters removed that they may stand before the Son of God blameless when he shall appear. There was deep feeling in the meeting. I addressed several personally, pointing out the wrongs I had been shown in their cases. They all responded, and many with weeping confessed their sins and the truthfulness of the testimony. Letter 7, 1873 Interpreted in Light of Preconceived Positions There are many who interpret that which I write in the light of their own preconceived opinions. You know what this means. A division in understanding and diverse opinions is the sure result. How to write in a way to be understood by those whom I address important matter is a problem I cannot solve. But I will endeavor to write much less owing to the influence of mind upon mind Those who misunderstand can lead others to misunderstand by the interpretation they place upon the subjects from my pen. One understands them as he thinks they should be, in accordance with his ideas. Another puts his construction upon the written matter, and confusion is the sure result. Letter 96, 1899. Partial Acceptance For many months, excepting for a few nights, I have not been able to sleep past one o'clock. I find myself sitting in conversation with you and others, pleading with you as a mother would plead with her son. You are doubtless surprised, as I expected you would be, that I write to you in so plain and decided a manner. But this I must do, for I am made a steward of the grace of Christ, and I must do this errand for the Lord. You may feel well satisfied with yourself. You may deny the representation given me of your case. Some are doing this today. This is the reason that men and women do not always see their errors and mistakes, even when these are pointed out to them. They claim to believe the testimonies that come to them until the message comes that they must change their plans and methods, that their character building must be altogether different else the storm and tempest will sweep it from its foundation. Then the enemy tempts them to justify themselves. After reading this message, you will doubtless be tempted to say, This is not so. I am not as I am represented here. Someone has filled Sister White's mind with a mass of trash about me. But I tell you in the name of the Lord that the words of this writing are from God. If you choose thus to dispose of the matter, you show the measure of your faith in the work that the Lord has given his servant to do. Letter 13, 1902 The Portions Condemning Favorite Indulgences There are some professed believers who accept certain portions of the testimonies as the message of God, while they reject those portions which condemn their favorite indulgences. Such persons are working contrary to their own welfare and the welfare of the Church. It is essential that we walk in the light while we have the light. Manuscript 71, 1908 Trifling with the Messages Frequently I do not anticipate saying the things I do say when I am speaking before the people. God may give me words of reproof, of warning, or encouragement as he sees fit. For the benefit of souls. I shall speak these words, and they may cut across the track of my brethren, whom I sincerely love and respect in the truth. I expect to have these words distorted, misapprehended by unbelievers, and it is no surprise to me. But to have my brethren, who are acquainted with my mission and my work, trifle with the message that God gives me to bear, grieves his spirit. It is discouraging to me to have them pick out portions in the testimonies that please them, which they construe to justify their own course of action, and give the impression that the portion they accept is the voice of God. And then, when other testimonies come that rebuke upon their course, when words are spoken that do not coincide with their opinions and judgment, they dishonor God's work by saying, "Oh, this we do not accept. It is only Sister White's opinion." and it is no better than my opinion or that of anyone else. Letter 3, 1889. Watching for Words on Which Human Interpretation is Placed I am sensible of the fact that I am mortal and that I must guard my physical, mental, and moral powers. The constant changing from place to place necessitated by travel and the taking hold of public labor wherever I have gone have been too much for me, in addition to the writings that I have been preparing day and night, as the Lord has worked my mind by His Holy Spirit. And when I am meeting with evidences that these communications will be treated by some in accordance with the human judgment of those who shall receive them, when I realize that some are watching keenly for some words which have been traced by my pen and upon which they can place their human interpretations, in order to sustain their positions and to justify a wrong course of action, when I think of these things, it is not very encouraging to continue writing. Some of these who are certainly reproved strive to make every word vindicate their own statements. The twistings and connivings and misrepresentations and misapplications of the word are marvelous. Persons are linked together in this work, What one does not think of, another mind supplies. Letter 172, 1906 Resting the Scriptures and the Testimonies The lessons of Christ were often misunderstood, not because he did not make them plain, but because the minds of the Jews, like the minds of many who claim to believe in this day, were filled with prejudice. Because Christ did not take sides with the scribes and Pharisees, they hated him, opposed him, sought to counteract his efforts, and to make his words of no effect. Why will not men see and live the truth? Many study the scriptures for the purpose of proving their own ideas to be correct. They change the meaning of God's word to suit their own opinions, and thus they do also with the testimonies that he sends. They quote half a sentence, leaving out the other half, which, if quoted, would show their reasoning to be false. God has a controversy with those who rest the scriptures, making them conform to their preconceived ideas. Manuscript 22, 1890. Words Rested and Misunderstood It seems impossible for me to be understood by those who have had the light but have not walked in it. What I might say in private conversations would be so repeated as to make it mean exactly opposite to what it would have meant had the hearers been sanctified in mind and spirit. I am afraid to speak even to my friends, for afterwards I hear, Sister White said this, or Sister White said that. My words are so rested and misinterpreted that I am coming to the conclusion that the Lord desires me to keep out of large assemblies and refuse private interviews. What I say is reported in such a perverted light that it is new and strange to me. It is mixed with words spoken by men to sustain their own theories. Letter 139, 1900. From the First, A Voice in Our Midst. We call upon you to take your stand on the Lord's side and act your part as a loyal subject of the kingdom acknowledge the gift that has been placed in the Church for the guidance of God's people in the closing days of Earth's history. From the beginning, the Church of God has had the gift of prophecy in her midst as a living voice to counsel, admonish, and instruct. We have now come to the last days of the work of the third angel's message, when Satan will work with increasing power because he knows his time is short. At the same time, there will come to us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit diversities of operations in the outpouring of the Spirit. This is the time of the latter rain. Letter 230, 1908. The Protective Barrier Torn Away The enemy has made his masterly efforts to unsettle the faith of our own people in the testimonies. And when these errors come in, They claim to prove all the positions by the Bible, but they misinterpret the scriptures. They make bold assertions, as did Elder Canwright, and misapply the prophecies and the scriptures to prove falsehood. And after men have done their work in weakening the confidence of our churches in the testimonies, they have torn away the barrier that unbelief in the truth shall become widespread and there is no voice to be lifted up to stay the voice of error. This is just as Satan designed it should be, and those who have been preparing the way for the people to pay no heed to the warnings and reproofs of the testimonies of the Spirit of God will see that a tide of errors of all kinds will spring into life. They will claim Scripture as their evidence, and deceptions of Satan in every form will prevail." Letter 109, 1890. Secure from Satan's Seductive Delusions. Men may get up scheme after scheme, and the enemy will seek to seduce souls from the truth, but all who believe that the Lord has spoken through Sister White and has given her a message will be safe from the many delusions that will come in these last days. Letter 50, 1906. It is not I whom you betray, but the Lord. I have tried to do my duty to you and to the Lord Jesus, whom I serve and whose cause I love. The testimonies I have borne you have in truth been presented to me by the Lord. I am sorry that you have rejected the light given. Are you betraying your Lord because in his great mercy he has shown you just where you are standing spiritually? He knows every purpose of the heart. Nothing is hid from him. It is not I whom you are betraying. It is not I against whom you are so embittered. It is the Lord who has given me a message to bear to you. Letter 66, 1897. Giving up faith in the testimonies. One thing is certain. Those Seventh-day Adventists who take their stand under Satan's banner will first give up their faith in the warnings and reproofs contained in the testimonies of God's Spirit. The call to great consecration and holier service is being made and will continue to be made. Letter 156, 1903. Two typical examples. Number one, personal testimony gratefully received. We returned December 12, 1892. On the evening of the next day, Brother Falkhead called to see me. Editor's Note See Selected Messages, Book 2, pages 125 to 140 for the message given to N.D. Falkhead. The burden of his case was upon my mind. I told him that I had a message for him and his wife, which I had several times prepared to send them, but had felt forbidden by the Spirit of the Lord to do so. I asked him to appoint a time when I could see them. He answered, I am glad that you did not send me a written communication. I would rather have the message from your lips. Had it come in another way, I do not think it would have done me any good. He then asked, Why not give me the message now? I said, Can you remain to hear it? He replied that he would do so. I was very weary, for I had attended the closing exercises of the school that day. But I now arose from the bed where I was lying and read to him for three hours. His heart was softened, tears were in his eyes, and when I ceased reading, he said, I accept every word, all of it belongs to me. Much of the matter I had read related to the Australian Echo Office and its management from the beginning. The Lord also revealed to me Brother Falkhead's connection with the Freemasons, and I plainly stated that unless he severed every tie that bound him to these associations, he would lose his soul. He said, I accept the light that the Lord has sent me through you. I will act upon it. I am a member of five lodges, and three other lodges are under my control. I transact all of their business. Now I shall attend no more of their meetings and shall close my business relations with them as fast as possible. I repeated to him the words spoken by my guide in reference to these associations. Giving a certain movement that was made by my guide, I said, I cannot relate all that was given to me. Brother Falkhead told Elder Daniels and others that I gave the particular sign known only by the highest order of Masons, which he had just entered. He said that I did not know the sign and that I was not aware that I was giving the sign to him. This was special evidence to him that the Lord was working through me to save his soul. Letter forty-six, eighteen ninety-two. Example number 2 a brother and the visitor on the campground. I took some of our brethren aside in our tent at the Milton, Washington camp meeting and read the matter I had written three years ago in regard to their course. They had pledged to the general conference and taken it all back again. I read to them straight, clear, and pointed testimonies, but here was the trouble. They had felt no obligations to believe the testimonies. Brother L. had been one of the Marion Party, an offshoot movement that sprang up in Marion, Iowa in the mid-1860s when he lived in Laporte, Iowa, and what to do with these folks was a mystery. There was no minister or his message which they respected above their own judgment. How to bring anything to bear upon them was the question. We could only pray and work for them as though they did believe every word of testimony and yet be so cautious as though they were unbelievers. Early Sabbath morning, June 7, 1884, I went into meeting, and the Lord gave me a testimony directly to them, all unexpected to me. I poured it out upon them, showing them that the Lord sent his ministers with a message, and the message they brought was the very means God had ordained to reach them. But they felt at liberty to pick it in pieces and make of none effect the word of God." Sabbath, June 14. We had meetings long to be remembered. Sabbath forenoon, Brother J.N. Loughborough talked. I talked in the afternoon. The Lord helped me. I then called them forward. Thirty-five responded. They were mostly young men and women, and old men and women. We had a most precious meeting. Some who had left the truth came back with repentance and confession. Many were starting for the first time. The Lord was there himself. This seemed to break down the prejudice and melting testimonies were born. We had a recess and then began again, and the good work went on. Friday afternoon I read Important Matter written three years ago. This was acknowledged to be of God. The testimonies were accepted heartily and confessions made of great value to the wrongdoer. Letter 19, 1884.